Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest today is Susan Isaacs, the celebrated author who's uh, written more than a dozen books and has many New York Times bestsellers among them, and several of them that were made into films, which we will be talking about. And welcome to the show, so to speak. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. I wanted to first talk to you about the newest book that you have just finished and it's come out on, uh, it's called Bad Boy Leroy Brown and uh, came out in May, I think. And uh, Bad, bad Seymour Brown. All right. So, <laughs> I was I in think, the middle of a Jim Croce festival. I was and then I <laughs> When I was growing up, I think we called it Leroy, but that's right. You did, of course. And he was a bad boy, apparently, from what I read for some of the first chapter of it, and um, got his. So we'll have to learn more about him as time goes by. Um, It's uh, a book where uh, a lot of this new book I thought might be, and I'm not sure, uh, not autobiographical, but in terms of where it's located, I thought that might be how your home is with a crowd of people, but maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Is it's it's a big big house, and uh, that uh, his her her parents, the heroine's parents, live in one part of the house. It's during COVID, and um, and stay, <laughs> <laughs> and stay right. But you're, I was curious about. One one thing I wanted to talk about was um, how did you get into uh, this in the first place? Uh, I know you studied English and uh, uh, at college, and then your very first book, which was Compromising Positions, right. uh, was a stunning hit. Became a movie with who were the stars of it? I forget. Susan Sarandon, Ralph Julia. Edward Herman, Judith Ivey. So it had a great cast. You must have been a young woman. This was your first attempt at a book. This is not supposed to happen like that. Well, right. It's not. All I was hoping for when it did get published was that I'd have a a thing to go back to, have a career or a semi-career. Before that, I had been um, an editor at Seventeen Magazine, and I also did uh, freelance political speech writing. So, but I couldn't, I didn't want to pursue either one of those things. And I just wanted to be home with my, my kids. So I started to pass the time because children aren't always the most scintillating companions <laughs> and they nap a lot. So I um, started reading mysteries more than we're healthy. And uh, 
I, you know, the writer gets to a point where she says, then that's when you know you're a writer. You said, I could do this. Right. That's what I'm thinking. So I immediately, it was a suburban housewife. Her, you know, I needed a, a, a body. And at the time I was having some gum problems. So I thought who better to knock off than a periodontist. And I just wrote it. I mean, it, it was turned down, but I had a wonderful agent. I got a wonderful agent, Gloria Sapphire, who was a, oh. yeah, was a Bridgehampton person. And uh, she said, you go home, start on the next, uh, go back to your typewriter and I'll sell it. And she did. The thing was, it became a book of the month club dual main selection with Garp, you know, light comedy, dark comedy. Yeah. It's uh, the big paperback auction. And then it became that um, a film. And it was translated into 30 languages. So I had more, more than in career. I mean, I had a rep, some side kind of a reputation. I, and I just kept doing it. Uh, it allowed me to be home, not just for the kids, given my personality, which can be, you know, very outgoing when I'm giving a speech and, you know, I love, I love my friends and, but basically I'm more of an introvert and I like sitting alone in a room telling myself stories. That was more satisfying to me than writing political speeches and being in meetings with polls or doing magazine work. And so I just was able to create other universes. Did you have a, a special writing room in the busy house? Well, in the, at first it was in our bedroom. And in those days, it was, my first book was written on a typewriter. Right. They had these copy sets with carbon paper and everything. Um, And I would, you know, as I finished, I would toss them, you know, vaguely into the, to the, toward the bed. And sometimes it landed. Essentially, my husband got tired of, getting into bed and hearing a crinkle and from <laughs> he said let's build you an office so uh at, at that point uh in our marriage my kids were i think three and five i went uh i had an office right by the in the basement in the near the laundry room and mm-hmm. you know occasionally i would hear the the dryer thumping away uh, <laughs> But but I was able to 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 have that alone time when the kids were at school, and I was able to write. the The perspective that you had at that time was right on the money. You have I read uh, I remember reading Shining Through and right. You've you've got women who are heroines who come through extraordinary circumstances in your books too triumph in the end. And right. uh, you know, I, I was curious about 
how that might have changed, if at all, over the years, uh, that perspective um, with the changing of, you know, women's lib moving to Me Too and stuff like that. Right. It, it, it changes, but it doesn't, because the one thing I sensed early on was that all you have as a writer is your own voice is and your your own outlook if i try to be jane austen or joyce carol oates i will fail utterly <laughs> but if i try, if i if i do susan a susan isaac's character then then i have it and i was certainly a strong feminist still am and yes the the, the movement changed from you know, free to be you and me, uh, to um, you know, I'm not a feminist. I don't call myself a feminist. That you know, the, the and then it goes back and forth, and I can only stay. All I can do is stay consistent. And what I like is writing about women and women who have adventures. Now I have written about men as well. And one of my books that that takes place out in the Hamptons is narrated by a man. Magic Hour, Magic Hour was, but it still had a strong woman character, and um, that's what I like. I also like now. I've one of the reasons I didn't continue compromising positions as a series at that point, was that I wanted to try other things. It wasn't only my first novel. It was my first shot at fiction. So why get stuck in in something that will go on forever and 40 years later I'll be writing <laughs> Compromising Position Goes Hawaiian. And so I uh, my second book was about a political speechwriter, Close Relations. Third book, Shining Through, was took place during the Second World War. It was about a woman who was eventually um, German-speaking legal secretary who got involved in OSS because she went where her boss went. And she went under, goes undercover into Germany. And so I did a few espionage books I don't know, five, six mysteries, sagas, um, whatever I wanted to write. And there was, there's a freedom about it, but it's also at some point the reader said, who's just read one mystery, will say, this isn't a mystery. And so I kept up with that until what, two books ago. What do, you, what do you mean by this isn't a mystery? Well, because it may be, a saga. It may be about a, it may have an element of mystery in it, or it may be like Lily White, which is a a look at a, what a con man does, you know, the, the ultimate misogynist uh, to women, and um, how Lily White, which she called herself Lee, because Lily White was just an embarrassing name. <laughs> and um, she she's a 
former uh, Nassau County assistant DA who becomes a, a white collar criminal defense lawyer, and she figures it out. And she figures out what 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 the deal was, and finds the it's and it was a very exciting book, but it's not it's not a mystery. Tell me, uh, tell me about your connection uh, with the Hamptons and why you chose that one book to be set out here with that narrator. Mm-hmm. You're frequent visitor here, and I don't know if you're a resident or not, so maybe you could let me know. Tell us. Sure. We had a house out there for 20 years in in Bridgehampton, and we rented in East Hampton for a while. Uh, loved it out there, but we also wanted a place to go for the winter where I could be cut off. The Hamptons is are, they're beautiful. I love it. I feel, and I felt when I wrote Magic Hour, which is that that glorious time of day, but right before dusk or right before dawn, when the guy is suffused that directors love to to film in. And but Magic Hour had evoked a lot, and the the person. In that book, the uh, woman accused of a crime is a former film writer, screenwriter, which I had been also. I had, in the midst of all the novels, et cetera, had tossed off a couple of screenplays. So that actually got made. And I wanted to see the Hamptons. Nobody really will talk to you at length in the summer because they're too busy, (laughs) people who live there. And so what I I found was that hanging around there in the uh, in the winter was perfect for me. Not only did it have its own beauty, but it had people who were oh good a writer who wants to talk to me. So and uh, you know spoke to a lot of uh, had lunch with a lot of cops and. Got my characters, my narrator's point of view. He was a retired homicide cop, oh. not a retired. Sorry, he was he was a homicide cop, a recovering alcoholic, recovering heroin addict, and um, an interesting guy. So I was listening to all these macho radio shows in the morning, and you know, just um, letting the guy side of me. Uh, let a thousand guys blossom or something. It was, it was fun. It was fun. What are you working on now? What, what now? You... Well, well, this bad, bad Seymour Brown what is you... the second of, of a series that I started with takes one to no one, which is the adventures of Corey Geller. And Corey is a former FBI agent. Uh, she was in the Joint Terrorism Task Force and um, speaks speaks Arabic and, and Spanish and has an, a real feel for uh, Muslim culture and a real appreciation for it. She partners up in this book with her dad, who's 
a retired NYPD homicide detective. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're the, her, she and her family are from Queens. Hmm. I know <laughs> that, I know that it's, you know, they're my peeps. And, uh, and they li- they're living on Long Island. Like, and her husband's a, uh, a federal, federal judge. She met him, fell in love, and he's kind of getting some thrill that he put aside at Harvard College, Harvard Law School, being on being in a law firm, being on the bench that he was never he couldn't avail himself of. But she's um, she's a wizard Krav Maga. And uh, which is a, a, a form of self-defense, which is, a, and it's really glorified street fighting. <laughs> and um, so, so she's, you know, it's, which, that's not me, you know, <laughs> I mean, she may, may be my, my kind of person, but I don't go <laughs> to that. But she, she loves adventure. They have a daughter. He was a widower. She adopted his daughter and loves her dearly. And so I have all these recurring characters who become enriched. That's what I, that's why I wanted to do a series. The one I'm working on now is called Afternoon Delight. It, It has a kind of off, off Broadway fundraising background, but it's, it's about, a lot more, but again, Corey has a big adventure and she observes worlds. Her, besides her father, her mother is um, an actor whose prime role was uh, in uh, Days of Our Lives for a half season until they killed her off. Thank you for all the writing you've done uh, and which I've much of which some of which I've read and enjoyed. And um, and vice versa, Dan. What? Thank you for all the writing you've done. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I, re- I still remember the first day when I got something called uh, WordStar, which was the precursor to Microsoft Word. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> you I don't know. have to do Absolutely. this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Etc. Etc. Anyway, thank you for being on the broadcast, and uh, I'll, I will see you soon in the, okay. in the okay. coming book. Okay. A pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye.